from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. And we're back. It's actually Big Teddy, Theo Dorsey, taking over Ken LaVica Live with Jeanette Javier and Stone Labanowitz. And we brought in a special guest, uh, your favorite host here from the 12 to 2 hour, Ken LaVica. Hi. Yes, hey, that is correct. Welcome, man. I think you do have a word to say to people about a little baseball, something, some baseball-related stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ballpark at the Palm Beaches, in fact. Oh, that's uh, big-time baseball. Yeah, spring training is on the way, and I mean it. I believe spring training is on the way. Single-game tickets on sale now. The American League champion Houston Astros, they call ballpark the Palm Beaches home. So do the Washington Nationals. Go to ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Check out all the spring training ticket information. Military and senior ticket discount days all right there. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. And here's some of the big matchups. That's right, the World Series rematch between the Astros and the Braves. March 12th, March 18th, the Yankees are in West Palm. March 21st, here come the Red Sox and the Mets in town. Six different times. Ballpark at the Palm Beaches, there is no more beautiful ballpark in all of the country with spring training. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com, ballparkpalmbeaches.com, the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Go Strohs, by the way. Um, so, you know, that's my team. Yeah, they're also guys. a bunch of cheaters. Hey, they? hey, they're great. They're good. And they, did they prove it? I don't know. Bing bong. Don't, I don't know. I don't. They're good. They won a series. They won a World Series. So I'm good with that. Look, Ken, mm. we're going to get right to it. Um, we got this Super Bowl 56 props okay. sheet that we've been going through. Uh, you have in front of you Jeanette's answers. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll get you to pick your 20, um, and you're going to make your submission. But also you get to pick apart Jeanette's answers for Super Bowl 56. Right. Then we'll get into the listening lunch. So yeah. we'll make this somewhat quick. I'll read the, the questions. You give me your answer, and then you can also tell me why Jeanette's wrong. Okay. Uh, number one, will the coin toss be heads or tails? This one, I mean, fine, heads. I always pick heads anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Does anybody pick tails? Yeah, apparently Teddy does. Well, I actually always pick heads, but the people say tails never fails, so I went adverse to what Who I says know. that? What people say that? That's what people say. People uh, just find was, words that rhyme. I was just about to say, there's the tails that never fails crowd, yeah. so you gotta fade those guys. Oh, you can just say tails fails. No, oh, you know what I say? Tails always fails. You know what I say? Head instead. Hey, that's actually something I say on weekends. Oh, oh we're talking about <laughs> prop bets. Yeah, we're, we're talking about prop bets. Oh, sorry. Sorry, that was a different thing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, number two for the Super Bowl 56 props sheet. I don't know if we're getting through this without getting uh, taken off the air. <laughs> National Anthem Link. Over or under a minute and 55 seconds. All right, so who's singing the anthem? We went over this. Hold on, let me grab yeah. her. Let me, let me pull it back up. It's a country singer. It's somebody who looks like Crocodile Dundee. Yes. That's what she thinks. But it's isn't a, it a, oh, uh, it's a, a country woman? singer, woman. Who um, looks like Crocodile Dundee? Mm-hmm. It's a female version of Crocodile it's Dundee. It's a country singer from Texas who uh-huh. is four-time Grammy nominated. Mm-hmm. Her name is Mickey Guyton. Okay. Do you want to guess what she looks like? Uh, I believe that she's black, right? Right, yeah. with the with the big fro. Yeah. So Ken is more cultured than y'all. He already yeah. know. He knows all of the black country singers. But, well, here, <laughs> all, all four of them, right? Uh, so the, uh, this woman in particular sang at the during the inauguration festivities for oh, Biden. That was her. She sang the anthem at ninety seconds. Whoa, ninety seconds. So I'm taking. The under. Why do you? On this. How do you have these stats right now? What? What is this? Because here's what happens. I no. show prep, prep for things that I want to talk about, and then I never ever get to them. So that finally came what? in handy. So Jeanette picked the over. You're losing money. <laughs> I'm. I'm really mad that he 
I'm really mad about that. Okay, number three, moving Crocodile on. Crocodile Dundee work. She doesn't look like Crocodile Dundee. I just guessed it. I didn't guess. know who it was. I gave them a name and a, and a uh, I, genre. I gave her Spurs. You don't think black people hat. can sing country? That's your problem, Jeanette. Black what? people can sing country. No, no Darius Rucker rocks it. I didn't even know what that is. Uh, number you need a blowfish? Oh, now I'm angry. No, I don't. Wagon no, wheel? Number three, what will be what? the first commercial <laughs> after the kick? What? So I know more about it than you do. You don't know Mickey Guyton. You thought that she yeah. was a man with boots and a big 10-gallon yeah. hat. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're one for one. <laughs> Jeanette just heard the name and said, ah, middle-aged white guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first commercial after kickoff, I, I, I see Doritos, but you know what it's going to be? It's going to be either crypto or NFT. It's going to be something. Oh, that's a great. Very I'll, nice. I'll just go with crypto.com. I'll go with crypto.com. Not a bad pick. Yeah. Uh, they got annoying, some annoying ass NFTs. I'm gonna. Hey, by the way, I'm gonna take a picture of my mask, my COVID mask, and I'm gonna sell it for fifty thousand dollars today as an NFT. Okay. You could. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying. Edition. I'm buying. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna Good buy luck. it with the money I went off this Super Bowl Fifty Six prop sheet. <laughs> uh, number four. Which team will score first? Bengals. I'm with Jeanette on this one. Boom, I'll say baby. the Bengals. Bengals. Three nothing, Cincy. Oh, so you're going McPherson. Okay. Yeah, McPherson for three. So will the first score be a touchdown, field goal, or safety? Yeah, I uh, field goal. Field goal. Okay, so you're going McPherson, field yeah. goal. I'm dabbing on him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so Jeanette's in 2007. Uh, <laughs> which team will commit the first penalty? I'll go with the Bengals. We'll see a false start. That'll be number one. Because they're scared, right, yeah. of the D-line? Yeah, they're going to be nervous. That's right, what, right. Yeah, that's what we agreed on Again, earlier. the youth. The, the youth of the Bengals. Yes. Uh, who will win Super Bowl 56? Rams. There you go. And Not a this bad thing. This is where we differ. Oh, you had Bengals? You had Bengals. I, I you had the Bengals. Bengals. Uh, who will win Super Bowl MVP? Uh, I am going to say, oh, God. Uh, let's go with Jalen Ramsey. Wow. Mm. Pick They'll six. have a pick six in this game. That would be dope. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of props, him to get an interception is 5-1. to one. So you lay $100, you get $500. So it's not like this is like a crazy. It's not that crazy. Yeah, That's pretty yeah. low. Wow, yeah. I mean, he's like that. He's really like that. And and Joe Burrow is a risk taker. So, mm-hmm. um, which color of Gatorade will be poured on the winning coach? I'll agree with Jeanette. Orange. Boom. You want to know why? Because orange. I think they use it because it's the most affordable. Because it's the most trash Gatorade. No, red is red's the most. What? Trash. I said yellow. Orange is not the most. Yellow's trash. the best. Yellow's what? the no, original. Yellow's the disgusting. The oh original. my god! How gosh. dare you rip the original? So, orange is the worst, the trashiest Gatorade. Period. That's not true. Red is. Now, if the NFL acted like a billionaire league, you know what they would use? They would use the um the the what's the 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 white one? Hey, hey Ken, Ken, this is oh, my yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is my show. You're that. getting us sidetracked right now, <laughs> Ken, on Ken Levick Alive. I don't know what you think this is. All right, what what number are we at? Ten? Number ten? Uh, sure, yeah. What will be Did the first that ice thing stone? Sorry. <laughs> it's like ice, the, the white Gatorade. The, if you talk about the Gatorade? Up, right? Yeah, yeah. The white Gatorade. Yes, the best Gatorade. Ice, ice, that is better. Uh Glacier Freeze or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought that one was the blue, blue one. I don't know. That's the blue one. Yeah, but blue it was the best Gatorade. The freeze yes. one, the ice one, it's good. I know what you're talking about. Arctic Arctic Ice. Arctic, Arctic Ice. Arctic Ice, yeah. Actually, you got me one some Gatorade. Number ten. What do you guys do in your free time? What will be that you have to obviously. We have a we have a big list that we have a lot of Gatorade takes on this show. Yeah, Okay, all right. What will be the first halftime show or song? Uh, who's the halftime? How do you not know but this? No, because there's multiple. Oh, I, my I, oh, you don't know who's open. I know it's Mary Dre. J. Blige, Snoop, Dr. Dre. Kendrick uh, Lamar, Eminem. Mary J. Blige, Eminem. Oh, God. Uh, That's tough to pick a first song. That is hard. We went next episode. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I go think. family yeah. affair because it's a family situation. But there's no way. I, I feel bad saying this. There's no way that Mary J. Blige gets 
the the opener, right? Song. Yeah, that's I what I put down. Absolutely. See, I think contraire. I think contraire. I'd love the family affair you're, take. You're trying to say au contraire, not I think contraire. <laughs> Stone, I think you're doing great. Stone. Stone. I would have done the same exact thing. <laughs> I mean, I see where you're coming from, Stone, but it's au contraire, not. I, I think, think contraire. No, no, because Stone also <laughs> thinks it's a 56 props sheet. So that kind of goes in line with his grammar. He has a look. Stone has a look, and he's being consistent with his I look. I think contraire. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so wait, you're going to, to go the contrary with... is what you mean, right? There you go. Oh, I'll start using that. Okay, that's good. Just use it. It's fine. <laughs> Did you just give Shout him a Shout out phrase? to the accent yeah. that you also decided to put to all contraire. All contraire. Yeah. He thinks he's fancy. Number. Yeah. So, what's, so you're going with Mary J. Blige? No. No, I'm going with um, the next episode. Next episode, yeah. All right, number eleven. There uh, will there be over or under six and a half songs performed at halftime for Super Bowl? 56? Oh, over because everything needs to be a ridiculous match a mashup. Yeah, we can't spend more than than forty five seconds on one song. We need a melody yeah. all the time, especially TikToks. when you have four or five different five halftime people. performers. Yeah. Five it's annoying. Pick one, go through three songs, <laughs> and we're good. No, because the weekend. A lot of halftime takes. The weekend Super Bowl was just terrible. Dang, the performance was terrible. You thought so? No, yeah, it's because Jeanette doesn't like mazes. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. I do it not. I actually her. do not it like confuses her. I, I like one She's of my like, biggest oh, fears is to go to a corn maze and get lost. Send the helicopter because well, I ain't going in I there. I mean, that does happen. People have to get saved out of corn mazes. That in would the be me. Really? Yeah. Do they send up a smoke signal? Oh, white people love to get lost in corn mazes. That's weird. Just trust me. I'm okay. Just, that's why weird. do y'all do weird, really weird things? Because <laughs> we're white. That is a great answer. A1 answer. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage? Absolutely not. You don't think so? No way. That's what I said. It's Snoop Dogg. We saw, we had a nipple show for half a second, and it sent the country into a tailspin. It's never recovered. Different from. times, Dogg. different times. Snoop Dogg different will times. smoke but on it's stage. Not, and it's his brand. It's his personality. I don't Snoop care. Doggy it's not Dogg. the NFL's personality. Yeah. And they still suspend players for that. There's not a chance in hell this is happening. Can, right. I, can I said not on Goodell's watch. No, no Grandpa Goodell isn't going to appreciate we it. We were right. talking about All this right. earlier. He already has a briefcase filled of money in case he gets fined yeah, for this he, moment. Yeah, he, he, he could afford the fine. Um and he's done much worse on TV and broadcast. I'll start he, to go funny. He goes in. Uh, number 13 will, on our Super Bowl 56 prop sheet, Bengals-Rams, will the first play be run or pass? Ah, uh, pass. I agree with Jeanette. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Y'all thought I was crazy. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. You're going to run. Because it might be Joe Burrow running for his life. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Aaron, yeah, yeah, Aaron Donald uh, <laughs> tracking his ribs down. Yeah. Um, number 14, will there be over or under two and a half turnovers? Oh, yeah, that's an over. Matt Stafford's involved, so yeah, that that's, automatically. <laughs> right on par. Right on point with that, you. That, that automatically puts you at the two and a half yeah. level. <laughs> Matt Stafford will get us there. Yep. Um, number 15, will a fan run onto the field during the game? Yeah, and then it'll be turned into an NFT. So you, Oh, yeah. now you got me thinking. Double I answer. Know. You are just on this NFT crypto Because cake. it's just so ridiculous. Does somebody near and dear to you just get like? No, but I'm just—it's all over social media, and like I see Paris Hilton on with Jimmy Fallon with her bored ape, whatever that is. Like, listen, I—I I am going to take a photo of my finger today. Yeah, seventy-five thousand dollars. Start bidding now. <laughs> You're gonna start buying huh? me lunch with all these NFTs. I was about to but say. I want it in Bitcoin. Now, if you get it in Bitcoin, holla at me because Bitcoin is—I've made a little money off the bit. I'm gonna start a Ken coin. I don't <laughs> care. Oh my goodness, well, that's worth it. <laughs> Five months. Yeah, it, it might be worth so. You never know. You never know. I'm All right, we're at a loss. Number sixteen. <laughs> number sixteen. Will COVID nineteen be mentioned during the broadcast? <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. That's like two to one. Yeah. That's yeah, it is two it to is. one odds. No doubt. Yeah, it's got to be. That's actually a dumb prop. 
We, I, I had talked about it. Stone, why Ca- would you make this sheet with a dumb prop? <laughs> California is like a mask mandate now, and they're not letting anybody in unless you're wearing a mask. So it's going to be a topic of discussion. Yeah. Starting- but like, that's like asking a prop at, like, will football be mentioned during the broadcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Number 17, longest field goal over or under 47 and a half yards? Over. McPherson. McPherson. Yeah, McPherson. Yeah, he's, if he's in the game. He's a guy. Yeah. All right, longest touchdown scored over or under 42 and a half yards? Cooper Cup. Okay, okay. All right. That's that, where my mind went. <laughs> Jeanette simply saying Cooper Cup <laughs> is changed. what yeah, pushed me into you. over territory. <laughs> okay. okay, fine. Over on that one. Right. Two more on I our win. Super Bowl 56 props sheet. L.A. Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, 630 Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Number 19 is, will there be a defensive or special teams touchdown? Yes, don't give me that 5-1 to one for Jalen Ramsey. No doubt about yeah, it. Wow. Go. So you're going, yes. Let's go. I like it. If you, if, hey, if you parlayed them together, it would it'd put $100 down, you'd probably win somewhere over the $2,000 range. That would be Wait, parlay what together? The defensive or special teams touchdowns and a Jalen Ramsey oh, interception. Gotcha. Is that the bright line, fine line? Ooh, give it Ooh. to us. That was good. Awesome. I'll tell you about bright line in a little bit, okay? Okay, right. as we finish this up, the last one, will the last play of the game be a nil down? Yeah. yeah. Everything has been so dramatic over the last mm. two rounds of the playoffs. This is bound to end in a drama-less mm. kneel down. That's how this is going to go. Is that what you do when you create a bunch of drama? You just kneel? No, I think what happens is kneel. we're due for a clunker, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. we're going to get a clunker. I, I okay, said, I'm going to start but, kneeling when I create drama, which would probably be all the time. Right in the midst of it? Yeah, absolutely. Just kneel right in the midst of it? Mm-hmm. That right. will upset half of the nation. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving how on dare you? Uh, no, so, Ken, you did mention that you wanted to talk a little bit about Brightline, and I'm excited because I took one of those Brightlines recently. And oh, where'd you go? Do tell. I went to Miami. So I I love it, but I still haven't done the premium yet and had the free drinks. And Theo. that's kind of Theo, what I'm I've known you for do. a while now. And yeah. everything about you screams use the premium. Do the premium, right? The premium. That's next time the I go, way to go. Next yeah, time I go, I, I promise I'll do it. Once you go premium, it's sort of like Jeanette. One time she sat in the lower bowl of an NFL game, yeah. and then now she's too good to go into the upper deck. Wow. Straight yeah. facts. Yeah, she's, so don't, she, don't take me to yeah. no nose, please. Now when people oh, ask you're different. me, yeah. when, I, when people ask me, hey, do you want to go to this game or you want to watch this with me? I always ask where are the seats now. Right. You're Oh, you're a snob. Yeah. You're a seat snob. But you're going to be a train I'm, snob. Once you use the premium. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, it's I will, that yeah. same concept. I'm looking forward to being a train snob because if you offer free drinks to me in any capacity, I'm usually on board. Yeah. So that's, that's so going to work out. you can have drinks at the station, Miami, yes. Fort Lauderdale, West Palm. Uh, or once you get on the train and it starts moving, you have drinks offered up to you. Snacks oh, brought to you. They have a beautiful cart. Premium is, yeah, there's a legit cart. It okay. is, it's like how airline travel used to be, but you're on a railroad track. Bright line, skip traffic, get to the heat game. The buzzer beater train for the heat game, by the way, it's the only way to go see the heat. Mm. Only way yes. at all, because the buzzer beater train it brings you from West Palm or Fort Lauderdale down to Miami, block and a half away. FTX Arena is a block and a half away from the station. Mm-hmm. They don't leave until 40 minutes after the final buzzer, so you don't have to miss anything. Doesn't matter if it goes to overtime, double overtime, like a couple of weeks ago, triple overtime. Mm. Doesn't leave until after the final buzzer. It's the only way to go to the heat game. The buzzer beater trains let you skip traffic, get to and from FTX Arena, trail ta- uh, trade tailgating for train gating on Brightline. And you are train gating because there's drinks and there's food. Uh, you just don't have a grill. I they don't allow it. grill, and I think that's a good decision. Okay. <laughs> Brightline, also the best way to get to South Florida's biggest events like the Miami International Boat Show. 
show. That's February 16th through the 20th at the Miami Beach Convention Center. And the South Beach Food and Wine Festival, February 24th through the 27th. Get all the information you need at GoBrightline.com or on the Brightline app. That's Brightline. Uh, real quick, uh, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows Zach Thomas should be a Hall of Famer. Mm. Devin Hester not getting into the Hall of Fame, I think, is the biggest snub, though. The biggest snub. Because Devin Hester was the best to ever do it in a integral part of the game. That largely has been changed and made obsolete. It doesn't change the fact that Devin Hester is the greatest to ever do it, returning the football, and he's the most transcendent non-quarterback in the game of football over the last 25 years. That man should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Definitely no argument here. That's what half of us said, and then Jeanette went off with uh, Rondé Barber Barber. take. But what? Yeah, we, we, look, we'll get into more of that after this break. Also, we're going to bring it. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Kind of weird. Oh, well, what's up, Son? Can I ask Theo this earlier before we go to break? <laughs> Rondé. Did, Rondé Barber. I almost swore on the yeah, air. Yeah. Can I, <laughs> can I ask Theo this earlier? There. Was Zach Taylor the one who made youth football players okay. at middle okay. line? Okay. We're doing, Where the, doing the Zach Taylor we're thing again. again. Oh, my Zach God. <laughs> And that was your hero. Was Zach Thomas the one who made youth football players at middle linebackers start wearing number fifty-four? <laughs> uh, are you? Are you? It was between him and Erlacher. Thomas or Erlacher? Yeah, but it was. I would say Tom uh, Erlacher was a bigger name. All right. So, so here's the thing, though. But you Thomas, grew up in South Florida. Yeah. Where did I grow up? Chicago. Oh, Chicago. So I think my oh, answer yeah. is because mm, yeah. I always associate fifty-four with Erlacher. Yeah. Right. But I'm a dope, and I I don't know who other great 52s are in the NFL, but 52 is Lance Briggs. Like I, I mean, right. listen, Erlocker, 54 after post-Jordan. Well, 52 is Ray Lewis. Okay, good yeah, that's the. That's but the for fi- me, yeah. like me, Chicago insulated yeah, me. Yeah. It was Lance Briggs. Yeah. So uh, not a comparison. Not much of a comparison. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I understand <laughs> that. Uh, but for me, it was Erlocker. But I see where down here Zach Thomas would be, would, would be the answer. Zach Thomas is one of the single best uh, linebackers in the history of the game. I mean, very few linebackers have been better in pass coverage ever yeah. than Zach Thomas. I mean, that's just a fact. And so, again, he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's absurd he's had to wait this long. Uh, I think he'll eventually get in. If Sam Mills got in, Zach Thomas is going to get in. That actually makes me feel good that his time is coming. But if you want to compare snubs, Devin Hester is the single greatest return man in the history mm. of the sport. No one will ever be like him, largely now, I think. One, because he was the best. Yeah. But two, because the rules have changed to where you just don't see it You can't any be him longer. anymore, yeah. But Devin Hester is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Any time there was the prospect of him returning a punt or a kick, there was anticipation. He was an international name and face. And, and he delivered. And he delivered. And he changed. You, he's one of the few players ever you had to specifically game plan against. In a sport that's 11 on 11, you had to game plan individually against him because he was so dynamic. No team ever necessarily had to game plan their offense around Zach Thomas. His presence, was it felt? Yes. Did you have to game plan around or Sam Zach Mills Thomas? for that? No, or Ever. definitely yeah. <laughs> not Sam Mills. And again, I don't want to be disrespectful yeah, yeah. to the dead. And I'm a Panthers fan, too, and I'll still yeah. say that. I just learned Sam Mills was a Panther. That's cool. Uh, we're going to go to break here. When we come back, we're going to have Evan Cohen come on to talk some Miami Heat and what that Nets-Sixers trade means for them, as well as we'll have some listening lunch here on Ken Levick Alive, led by Theo Dorsey, Jeanette Javier, and Stone Labanowitz, and also some guy named Ken. We're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. (laughs) 
there's possibly nobody better in the uh, ESPN West Palm family to talk about these Miami Heat than the one and only Evan Cohen, who you hear at 11.55 and 5.55 here on ESPN 106.3. So first and foremost, as all of these Eastern Conference teams are shape-shifting, trading back and forth with these guys who don't want to play basketball anymore, Evan, are we as Miami Heat fans even one ounce of scared of what they're building out there? Not, not scared, Theo. I don't think scared is the word that I would use. I think that what we have to be careful of or cautious of is could they reach the upside quickly? Right. And I know that's an odd way of saying it, but it's like, okay, so we know that just based on pure talent, the concept of Joel Embiid and James Harden is really, really good. Right. The concept of Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant and part time Kyrie is really, really good. But a lot of times when you have those kinds of teams that are put together, it doesn't necessarily happen right away. So I'm not scared. What I am hoping for is whenever it is that they click, and I specifically think Brooklyn will click more than Philly. I'm in the minority on that. But when they click, let's just hope it's next year and not this year. Because I think the Heat continuity here, and specifically the idea of getting Victor Oladipo back, hopefully, and Boca Raton's uh, own Markeith Morris back, that would be really nice. So scared, no cautious about when they click yes right and that's what i was thinking as well i mean to have the one seed right now i think a one and a half game margin for the heat to be in the driver's seat on a four game winning streak it seems like right now is when they're starting to click we just got that triple double out of kyle lowry like i'm feeling confident about these heat uh and and again you're saying next year so how much do you think that the heats run right now because we had a little bit of a skid how much does that run right now give you more confidence in the team from within you know miami yeah, I mean, I think they're really good. I really do. And I, I was nervous last night because I thought P.J. Tucker got hurt. And somehow, just in typical P.J. Tucker, I feel like you could literally, like, <laughs> cut the guy's legs off and he'll still find a way to play. I don't understand. He's, like, not human. We always talk about that with guys like LeBron and Brady and, like, they're playing forever. Like, P.J. Tucker, Theo, is not young. He's 36, 37 years old. He's got a lot of wear and tear from overseas and, you know, in the NBA on his body. And he got hurt last night. But there's there's really nothing the Heat can't do at this point. I mean, they need another backup power forward, but that's where we hope Marquise Morris comes in. But they are starting to do something to kind of address that backup power forward slowly but surely. I don't know if people are noticing this. They've been sliding Bam down to that mm. four spot and playing him with playing him with Dwayne Dedman or playing him with Omar Yurtsevin. So, like, I think there's something kind of brewing there to keep an eye on as to addressing that need. And another point I want to make as we close this out, a quick heat talk here with Evan Cohen. Uh, we have two now of the top 15 coaches of all time on that sideline versus a guy like Steve Nash, a guy like Bud Budenholzer, a guy like uh, Doc Rivers, who's known for blowing leads like that has to give Heat fans everywhere also a little bit more pep in their step as well, knowing that the guys that are making the decisions, they're, they're, they're uh, Hall of Famers, right? Well, I don't think there's any Heat fan that would look at that sideline and think, oh, no, Eric Spolster could get outcoached tonight. Like, mm. never. Like, and, and this is now, Theo, I want to say this has been five, six, seven years of this, like, Definitely when they when they beat the Spurs in the finals, you know, the, the year before they got pummeled by the Spurs. So the the 12-13 season, not the 13-14 season, when they won that championship, that's when I think everybody understood, holy crap, Spo is a real deal. I think you really got it when he bounced back after that 11 and 30 start to 30 and 11 a few years ago with the, you know, James Johnson, Deion Waiters team. And then, 
you know, he left no doubt when he brought the team along with Jimmy Butler and company to the finals two years ago. So I don't think there's any coach in the league that you could theoretically match up with in the playoffs or the finals that you would look across and say, Spo could get outcoached. Could he be equaled? Steve Kerr? Yeah, he could be equaled. Mike Budenholzer had a great run last year. You know, Nick Nurse with Toronto. Even remember, Greg Popovich is the only coach in the league that you can definitively say, okay, he is better. He is absolutely better than Eric Spolstra, and he ain't going to be in the playoffs. And even if they were going to somehow be in the playoffs, they're not going to the finals. So you don't have to worry about that at all. We are not concerned. You hear it from two guys here just gushing over the heat's uh, attempt at making another run at the finals here. Again, that's Evan Cohen. Thanks for your time, man. Enjoy the day and the uh, Super Bowl weekend as well. Thanks, Theo. Yeah, so what the one thing you have to kind of take from Evan's takes there is that there should be a brewing confidence among Heat Nation and Heat culture. Uh, that trade that went down on trade deadline day, which was yesterday, Thursday, right at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the 76ers, that yeah, was a block- blockbuster deal. The Nets ended up getting um, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks, and the Sixers got back James Harden and Paul Millsap. So a deal that definitely shakes things up. Now the new big three in Brooklyn is going to be Kevin Durant, part-time Kyrie Irving, and uh, Ben Simmons, and whatever mental state that he comes back in if he's ready to play basketball. And then you go to the Philadelphia 76ers, who now have a starting lineup of Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Joel Embiid, you got Danny Green, and who, who who do you throw in there at the fourth right there, Stone? For you? Mm, I don't know. Did, the did they get rid of Thibel? Oh, yeah, but yeah, you still got Matisse Thibel. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, so you got Matisse Thibel, Danny Green, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and you have also Tyrese Maxey. And you got a guy like Paul Millsap who can contribute, you know, play some minutes. I think both teams come out better, right? Like both teams improved because for the Sixers, Ben Simmons wasn't playing. Yeah. So to turn a guy that wasn't playing – and Seth Curry and some picks into James Harden, who was an MVP candidate last year, is an upgrade. And then for the Nets to turn a guy in James Harden who was playing, but he was, you know, like almost purposely playing bad, like what he did with the Rockets, into mm-hmm. a guy like Ben Simmons who could be an all-defense player, another upgrade, right? For sure. I think when we're talking wins and loss, I think that Brooklyn came out the winner, I guess, by technicality. But Philadelphia by no means got worse. Yeah, they got better. They got better. James Harden's going to be able to do what he he does. I feel like he's never played with an actual big man like Joel Embiid, so I'm excited to see what he's able to do, drawing double teams and throwing lobs to Joel. I think a lot of good comes out of this. Tyrese Maxey is someone that I watch when I watch Philadelphia. And, yeah, people talk about him, but I think he's one of the most important players on the floor a lot of the time. He's the one who takes the one-on-ones. He's the one who goes ISO when guys have to double Joel. So I think there's a lot of good things we're going to see from Philly as well, and I I hate all the hate that they're getting right now. I think the best thing that happened to Tyrese Maxey was Ben Simmons' Uh, sit out. There's like, no doubt about that. He grew so much as a point guard, as a facilitator, as a scorer. His confidence is through the roof, and he's a Kentucky guy, so you expect that. And the fan base was waiting for someone else to put their coins into. Yeah. Like it was like you know this young guy's hustling when we got a guy who doesn't even want to practice. Yeah. So the fans are behind Tyrese Max. Now Jeanette, he said James Harden has never played with a big like Joel Embiid, and he's right. But he last time he played with a superstar big man, it was your favorite player of all time, Dwight Howard, mm. in Houston. And his big problem, his big stick-up with Howard is Howard wanted to post up. He didn't want to do as much pick and rolling and rim running. Uh, Joel Embiid is going to post up. He's Mm going to demand double teams. He might do more pick and roll now, but there is a little bit of a mesh issue there. You being the Dwight Howard uh, hater hater Hater. now. I I want to do make that clear. I was poking fun at her. She does not like Dwight Howard anymore. But 
you saw what it was like for James Harden and Dwight Howard to coexist. Do you think James Harden and his personality can coexist with a big personality like Joel Embiid? I honestly do think they can coexist because Joel Embiid, he, number one, he knows what he's doing and he takes control of that team. He's yeah. a very cool, calm, collected dude in the locker room when he knows, number one, the goal. He understands the assignment. And I feel like James Harden probably had a conversation or two with Joel Embiid because he's, he's the kind of guy. Had to. Had, he, he will peace out or, you know, purpose. He will be that guy in the office who wants to be fired yeah. so he can be with the right team. That's a great point. Has James Harden ever had a vocal leader on the team like Joel Embiid on any of the well, teams he's played Chris on? Chris Paul, yeah. Literally. literally. That's a and great that one. didn't go well for him. Yeah, but he hadn't been there long enough and it wasn't established in Houston to be that voice, even though he was because that's who Chris he is. Paul. He's right. Chris Paul. Of course, but Joel Embiid runs the city. He runs the locker room. He is in. He owns the 70s. The that's interesting good point thing here, that. but here it is, though. I, and this is a point that has been brought up here and there, but I think it hasn't been stressed enough. Whose team is it going to be? Because, yes, Joel Embiid runs that city and runs that franchise. He is literally the the central point of that franchise. He started the process. But James Harden's guy, Daryl Morey, who did everything he could to turn Ben Simmons into James Harden, where does his trust and allegiance lie? Is he going to bend over backwards for James Harden like he did for those five years in Houston? Or is he going to continue to cater to Joel Embiid? It has to pick one kind of. Who was the move for? Was the move for Harden or the, the 76ers? The move because was, that's what I think. That's what I think. That's where the answer is. I think the move was for the 76ers to be a bigger team and to be serious contenders in the Eastern but Conference. But he obviously wanted Harden and nobody else. So it just it's it's not. I'm not saying it's a stick up. I'm just saying Joel Embiid, huge personality and a guy that Daryl Morey, since he got to the Sixers organization, was like, we are Joel Embiid through and through. Now he has somewhat of a decision to make because James Harden is a guy that he is catered to for the majority of his career. Joel Embiid has the keys to the car. James Harden's riding shotgun. That's I'm the way I feel like it was a piece of it. It's an extra piece yeah, of the Yeah, I'm puzzle. sure they've spoken about it. James Harden is in no situation okay. to be calling shots right now. You're right. Absolutely not. You're right. Mm -hmm. The moment he speaks up is the moment we're going to torch him. Yeah. So, so he has to keep it calm. And then like Philadelphia fans, I feel like, are behind Joel Embiid 150% more. Then the process, they've, they've been riding with Joel Embiid for a while. It sounds good. And my thing is, I agree with y'all that it should be Joel Embiid's team. I'm just saying, when you have your guy in there, that's almost like, Stone, if you were a quarterback at a high school and you transferred over, or maybe you were a quarterback at a high school and your high school coach goes to a college, and then you go end up in that locker room, and that was your guy for three or four years in high school, and there's an incumbent quarterback there who owns the team. And you're coming in. You were this like the allegiance does kind of lie with a guy that you have known and trusted and worked with and won at a high level with for years and years. Like it all I'm saying is it's something to watch because it might get interesting out there in Philadelphia. I love it. Um so we're gonna take a quick break. After the break, we're gonna finally get to listening lunch. Ken Levicka kind of uh set us back there with his talk earlier. Uh, but we're gonna get to our listening lunch. We have some interesting things, including Kyrie Irving's take on James Harden's exodus out of Brooklyn in that blockbuster trade deadline deal. This is Ken Lavica live. I'm Theo Dorsey. She's Jeanette Javier. He's, he's Stone Levanowitz. I almost called you Ken Lavica. We're live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. It's actually Theo Dorsey subbing in for Ken Lavica. We kicked him off of his own show just now. Myself, Jeanette Javier, and Stone Levanowitz. And Ken Lavica live is presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. We are having a good time on Super Bowl Eve Eve this Friday before the Super Bowl. The last time you'll 
hear some of these shows and people talk about what a big event it's going to be out at SoFi Stadium. Bengals Rams 630 kickoff uh, in L.A., a home game technically for those L.A. Rams. Second straight year in the NFL that that happened. You remember what last year was, Jeanette? Yes, of course. It's Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. There you go. In Tampa, and they that was won. pretty big. That's your team. I know. Those are your guys. I was in Tampa watching the game. No more Brady for you. Um, oh, my God. Here we go. It's, it's three times. It's all new. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I and, like and that was last year. It's not this year. Yeah, so yeah, we just, don't have to talk about it. just showing love. Uh, so moving forward, though, I did want to get to the listening lunch because we have some interesting sound to talk about today here on Ken Levick Alive, especially based off of that NBA trade deadline, that blockbuster trade, the Sixers and the Nets. It went down really big. Paul Millsap and James Harden to the Sixers. And you had Seth Curry. You had Andre Drummond. You had a couple first-round picks. And, of course, Ben Simmons, if he decides to show up and play, all going to Brooklyn. Uh, Stone, can we get the our first sound that I want to cue up and talk about is going to be Kyrie Irving, the guy in Brooklyn who there were a lot of rumors that he was the reason why. His, his inability to play because his inability or unwillingness to get the vaccine – he can only play half of the games in Brooklyn as well as he's a bit of a moody guy. So let's hear Kyrie Irving addressing James Harden's departure from Brooklyn in that blockbuster trade. That's not really my place, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, trying to convince somebody of something that, uh, you know, they probably can't see right now. James probably couldn't see what we were getting into, um, obviously, with my status being in and out. Um, you know, I saw a few things that maybe that have, that could have impacted things, but who knows? You know, we got to wait for him. I can't really speak for James, but, um, you know, for us in this locker room, I've just done my job to fulfill a great leadership role alongside Kay and other guys. And, you know, I, I've been in a, I think we're also forgetting I've been in a situation too where I've asked for a trade and I understand it. No, we remember. So, uh, I'm not here to judge him. I'm not here to talk bad on James you know he has a great family He's a we great remember person. and um I don't want to separate that fact you know from anything I just really want him to be happy I want everybody in this league to be happy um you know sometimes we get caught up in these situations on teams where you know sometimes the outside influence could get inside the locker and there room you go has this divisive there you go with it and it's just not what I'm about you know Kyrie Irving, of course, you knew he had to get to it. Outside energy, divisive, it's everybody else, me against the world. Uh, of course, he had to get his little theories and takes out there. But then he also references him asking out of Cleveland when LeBron James carried him or helped him a lot to that championship. What you got, Jeanette? My favorite part, he's like, I can't speak for him, James. And I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not here to talk bad about James. But number one, he kept going. Yeah. He kept talking about himself. He's like, oh, I guess he didn't understand my status. Mm-hmm. James couldn't see this. And Kyrie in a leadership role with the Nets. Oh, uh, don't even say that. They, that's what Kyrie called himself. He's like myself and Kay in the leadership role. No, yeah, Are you no. kidding me? Kyrie has has kind of... him Truly trying, delusional. And he's an excellent basketball player. I don't want to be that guy that just bashes on Kyrie because of how, how unbearable he is as a person. And his personality, but he's a great basketball player. He is not a leader. He is not a leader at all. Stone, what you got on this? I mean, the question is, you know, how does the other guys in the locker room see him? Because, I mean, he is good vocally, but at this point, are they rolling his eyes when he tries to do the leadership How stuff? do you not roll your eyes at Kyrie Irving when he opens his mouth? Right. With some of the ridiculous things he says and no. all of the no, – he has no accountability. It's a lot of things. What you got? Not only that, but, like, when you can't play half of the game on your decision, you obviously take your personal take over the team, yeah. and it's a team sport. That, to me – 
you lose a little bit of respect as a leader. There's no doubt about that, but he's played in championships. He's played alongside LeBron James. The X's and O's side, during practice, I'm sure he is very vocal, and he is calling a lot of stuff out and setting stuff up alongside Kevin Durant. So he does no more than the other guys on the team. And if that's his leadership role, that's fine. That's what it is. I'm not quite sure he knows more than other. They have a pretty veteran team there in Brooklyn. And KD knows more. KD's been there way more than Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. went one time, or I guess he went a couple times with LeBron, but he only really played in uh, in that first one, or in the second one that they won. First one he was injured for. One season with LeBron, I'm sure, feels like 10. Yeah, you learn a lot. I don't think he can, Kyrie can put himself in the same leadership role He's as not KD. I mean, it did annoy, it did annoy me as well. I was just trying to help him out. Yeah, yeah, I, no. I get it. You got to play devil's advocate. Again, I don't like to be everybody bashing on one guy type guy, but Kyrie Irving kind of calls on it himself, especially at the end when he talks about negative energies entering the locker room oh from the outside. Gosh. It's like, no, dude, the negative energy is the guy with Irving on his back. Is a you. Um, and he also let slip, um, what did we roll our eyes at? Uh, oh, in case you guys forgot. About, oh, yeah, you in know. case you forgot, I asked out of clear. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we know. We remember. We remember. You You asked out of a great situation. Uh, so, also, pending off of that trade. So, that trade happens for the NBA trade deadline. Later on, you know, inside the NBA hosted the NBA All-Star Draft. One team is LeBron James. The other team is Kevin Durant. KD, obviously, is on that Brooklyn Nets team that James Harden asked out of. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to play with the most prolific scorer of our generation and maybe of all time in Kevin Durant. He can score from all three levels. So, KD and LeBron are going back and forth, drafting the NBA All-Star Reserves. They already have the starting lineups. They're picking the reserves. There's one guy left, and Kevin Durant on the board is Rudy Gobert and James Harden. And here is Kevin Durant and LeBron James uh, duking it out for Rudy Gobert. Let's just listen to the sounds. Fine. I'm gonna need some size. For yeah. Sure. yeah, I'm gonna need some size and um, <laughs> interior. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with Giannis and LeBron James Without playing question. such great basketball this year. I need somebody to offset that. So I I'm agree. Go with uh, Rudy Gobert. I agree. I agree. That worked out nicely. That worked out nicely. I mean, you can't let people run through the lane. The whole time, LeBron is dying laughing. LeBron has a clipboard over his face laughing. KD is straight face right now. Somebody out, you let him go. Don't let him come back. I'm with you, KD. That's why I cut my hair on. I was like, I'm gone. So James Harden goes to LeBron James as the final selection of the All-Star draft. LeBron is Jack. laughing. He's dying right now laughing. Is he? Can he? Is he? Is he? He hasn't played. Is he healthy? Who's that? That's LeBron. James. He hasn't played. Do, he's uh, he's like missed. What happens if he, oh, he got traded? He's healthy now. He's missed the last three with a <laughs> with a hammy. <laughs> See, and now we know why LeBron carries a clipboard <laughs> with him to the uh, to the. Hey, hey LeBron. Oh my God. Me right man. now. He's rubbing some ice hot on that thing. He's playing the next game. <laughs> Holy bless. They are wrong. I can't. I can't KD just oh next year God. bring a clipboard. It, it comes in. It comes in very handy. Yeah, you have to. You can hide your face. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like LeBron's been doing. Yo, so the funniest part of that clip you can't see. I hate that this is just the radio medium because you can't see the visuals. LeBron is holding a clipboard over his face, which they keep referencing. Kevin Durant has the most serious blank stare dead into the camera. His eyes don't even shift as he's talking about this, or as everybody's laughing, having a great time, KD is just blank staring the camera. It's, it is it's incredible. A, it's a business move. He's like, I can't be made into a meme. I got to just keep it cold. Yeah. Keep it cold. Let LeBron take the heat. He kept it cold. He did not <laughs> draft James Harden. 
He purposely drafted Rudy Gobert of all people, who should have probably been the last pick in that draft, in an all-star draft, over James Harden. And that was pure mayhem. That's hilarious. That's nothing but great content. Who who didn't think this all-star draft thing would be a great idea? This is like one of the best things they've done around all-star weekend is you pick the two highest vote getters from each conference. You let them draft the players on live TV. Like, come on. That's great. That's art, man. That's like beautiful. Uh, especially for any sports fan. And then, any basketball fan. And then right after the trade deadline, you would never expect. Like, that was just, that was, that was that TV was brilliant. magic. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Stone, your thoughts? I mean, it, it is awesome. And, and Ken talked about how to change the Pro Bowl earlier this week, and it was interesting. I mean, he's like, we need to do the same thing the NBA does. We That's need to right. draft the guys. And we he mentioned, let's do a seven-on-seven seven instead of, you know, padded up because these guys are too in touch in each other. But he, he did mention the draft, and I think it would be just as cool if you had Brady. and I mean, not Brady anymore, but you had Rodgers and these guys, Patty Mahomes, drafting their either, team. Maybe. Maybe not NFL MVP Rodgers anymore. He might. It sounded like a farewell speech there um, last night. But we'll see. We'll four-timer. See. Yeah, four-timer. Uh, and then our, our last bit of sound here for the listening lunch. Our last bit of sound here is Rob Nikovich. Oh, Rob talking, Nikovich. That's talking right. Talking crazy. Get back Super Bowl Fifty Six. Rob Nikovich talking about where the pressure really lies and what he thinks will shake down between the quarterbacks in Super Bowl Fifty Six at SoFi Stadium this weekend. Which quarterback do you have the most faith in come Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, I think uh, you, you, Joe Burrow. You got to go with the guy that really is just the young guy. Nothing to lose here. I mean, he's in his second year coming off an ACL. Nobody really gave them the chance. And Stafford, I'll go back to when we won. It was my ninth year in 2014. I had lost the Super Bowl in 2012. And I felt that that pressure of limited time and opportunity. And when you're in the NFL a long time, 10 plus years, and you haven't been to a Super Bowl, you realize how valuable the moment is. And it can get to a point where it's a little bit overwhelming in the, in the pressure aspect of it. So Stafford has, is dealing with a lot of emotions now, considering he's been in the league a long time. He gets traded to a team. They trade for him to get to this moment in this game. So you think about Joe Burrow, he's in his second year. All the eyes are basically on Stafford. So what's he got to lose? I'm gonna go out here and play. Yeah, we're gonna we, we'll, we'll we'll get away from Rob here, especially as they in, they put their music in. Rob, he's wrong for one. That was Rob on Get Up uh, yesterday. He's wrong because that's just in, an insane way of thinking, especially when you're going into a Super Bowl. I'm going with the young guy because he doesn't understand how big the moment is. Like Joe Burrow understands how big this moment is for one, and he knows that it's not guaranteed. He's gonna play his heart out, just like Matt Stafford. Also. To pick that, to go Burrow versus Stafford is a little disingenuous because it's Rams versus Bengals, and that Rams team is stacked. I think we've been overthinking this whole Super Bowl thing, and we'll do quick Super Bowl picks before we get out of here. I'm obviously going with the Rams. The Rams have a way better roster and a more experienced head coach and a more experienced quarterback. How do you pick against the Rams, and how do you say something like that, thinking that, I mean, the Joe Burrow magic is cool, but to me, it's a little overrated when it comes down to playing on Sundays. The main thing that makes me hesitate in, in taking these Rams confidently is this whole destiny narrative. Like, how the hell did they get here, the Bengals? Like, pure destiny. Like, this kid is unconscious out there. He's delusional. He doesn't even know what he's doing. But at the same time, man, he's so precise and so good. So, I think early on will be the tell. If Joe Burrow is dialed in in that first corner, we got a ball game. Mm -hmm. But if he does show some sh signs of shakiness, which I honestly think he does... Then, I mean, I like the Rams a lot, but I just, if this kid wants to stay playing at the level that he's playing at right now, 
Yeah, the Rams will be in trouble because we talked about Stafford turning the ball over and whatnot, but I think the destiny factor here with Cincinnati is what I think is the, probably the scariest thing. It is. Who day? Yeah, I was going to say, I know we talk. You don't, you're not believing in I'm it. Not. You are not believing in the vibes all and the, the destiny. <laughs> not to all the non-believers. <laughs> I am here with Joe Burrow. I'm here with that offense. I am part of the, You can't fight destiny, yeah. and that's what we're riding with, so I'm going Bengals. It's a, it's a strong argument. It is. It is a strong argument. I've seen this before. I've seen the, the team of destiny year. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. We were a team of destiny when we entered that Super Bowl against the Broncos. But you know what? We went up against Von Miller and that vaunted Broncos defense. We went up against the more experienced quarterback. We had the young hotshot in Cam Newton. And we also did not have the same weapons that they had on the other side of the field. And we lost that game. And I boil it down to this, man. As you all go, you're riding in your cars now. You're thinking about who you're going to pick for this Super Bowl Sunday. We never even got to talk about food. Uh, Jeanette, we, we said we would talk about food. We don't have time now. It's important part of Super Bowl. Just pick who you think the better team is. And I think the Rams are the better team with the more experienced head coach. So that's that's plain and simple for me. Well, so I, Rams here. Stone has Rams. You have Bengals. Jeanette? Yes, Rams are the better team, but I still think the Bengals are going to win. You're going with Destiny. Yes. This is not a Disney can't movie. Can't fight it. You can't fight it. This is not a Disney movie. Quick score predictions. Um... I would go Rams. I did this earlier on the WPTV Facebook Live that I did um, with Mike Trim this morning that you can go check on the WPTV Facebook page. I went 29-17 or 27-19 Rams. Mm, what do you got, Jeanette? I'm going to go 27-24. Bengals. So Bengals. McPherson field goal wins. Yeah, as he's done twice already. Okay. I'll go 34-30 Rams. I like that. I like that score. That sounds like a familiar score, right? Like it happened before? I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's a Super Bowl score. That's a real professional pick by you, man. That's why we like you on this show. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Super Bowl Sunday, two days away, SoFi Stadium, 6.30 kickoff, Cincinnati Bengals versus the L.A. Rams. We got a huge halftime performance. We'll have all the good uh, commercials as well to look forward to. Can't wait for that. Also, it's post-trade deadline in the NBA. So start picking what team you're riding with to make it to the finals. I'm going with the Miami Heat. You heard from Evan Cohen who you can always hear from here. He's going with the Heat as well, and we're just loving that. It's all kinds of sports in the air. This has been Ken Levick Alive, hosted by Theo Dorsey, Jeanette Javier, and Stone Lebanowitz. We were live on ESPN 106.3.